Hello and welcome to the place to be a Seinfeld podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm Eric. On today's episode, we'll be discussing one of the greatest Seinfeld characters of all time, David Putty. Putty appeared in 10 episodes throughout the series, and we'll be discussing some of our favorite moments today. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, about a month ago, we did an episode about Elaine's boyfriends, and we had mentioned that there were certain boyfriends that wouldn't be included in that one because they were in multiple episodes, so they'd be getting their own individual episodes. And obviously one of those boyfriends was David Putty, one of my favorite Seinfeld characters of all time. He's definitely in my Mount Rushmore for recurring characters. Oh, yeah. And Julia had sensed early on that there would be a future with Patrick because he hit it so clearly out of the park as soon as he arrived on set. Larry said that the character wasn't really funny. They didn't go out of their way to write funny stuff for him. He was more of a setup for Julia. But when Patrick read the part, all of a sudden, Larry and Jerry looked at each other and they're like, this guy's great. (laughs) Yeah, he just had some fantastic deliveries. Yeah. And Patrick said he never felt better leaving audition than when he left the Seinfeld audition because Jerry just wouldn't stop laughing. (laughs) And Jerry said that Patrick was another one of those actors like Jerry Stiller that the writers would go. Do you think he knows what he's doing? You know, do do you think he knows how funny he is? (laughs) (laughs) And Patrick Warburton had heard that a week after the episode aired, Jerry was doing an impression of him on the set. And he thought to himself, oh, this has to be a good thing. Like, maybe they'll ask me to come back because he was a big fan of the show. Right. And that totally makes sense that if if they're imitating you on set, that's a really good sign. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, as we get into his first episode, The Fusilli Jerry, I just want to ask you, like, how do you think Jerry and Putty became friends in the first place? I think that. Jerry found Putty sort of accidentally when he was looking for mechanics mm-hmm. and maybe maybe he was referred to Putty by somebody else or he just, you know, found him in the yellow pages or something like that. And then Jerry sort of has this natural proclivity towards certain people and, you know, he started to see that Putty was a good, honest mechanic, somebody he could trust. So he's kind of like, you know started talking to him and, you know, talking about guy stuff in the garage, like he said, because of all the pistons and the lube jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that because Jerry's into cars. Obviously, we know that from comedians and cars. So maybe just being in the garage, talking about cars, car parts, talking about sports, talking about women, stuff like that, just naturally became friendly. Yeah, and if it wasn't for sports and women, all guys would say to each other is, uh, so what do you got in the refrigerator? <laughs> I was also thinking like maybe they played softball together because we do know that Putty plays softball and he gets upset when Elaine reads a book. Oh, that's a good point. So maybe either they played on the same softball team or played against each other. Who knows? That's true. Maybe Putty wanted to uh, try to break into the stand-up comedy world at some point. He you know, met Jerry at a comedy club. Now, also, as far as Elaine meeting Putty, I think maybe she just went into his shop with jerry one day and then they just she started flirting with him or something oh totally yeah and i can totally imagine the scene too where you know she has to like pick him up or meet him there and then Mm -hmm. you know he's bent over working on the engine he stands up and wipes his brow and she just looks at him hello you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) and we've seen elaine flirt in front of jerry in the past you know oh whose tonsils grow back (laughs) 
Or uh, you got any room in the truck for me? (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you chumps later. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the opening scene of if you see Jerry, Jerry and Elaine are talking on the street. Jerry says, I hear you're going out with Putty. She's like, is that a problem? And Jerry says, well, I think you could have asked me. He's supposed to be a friend of mine. And Elaine just says, well, I guess he figured you wouldn't care. It has been a few years. Jerry says, Elaine, you always care about who an ex-girlfriend dates. You don't want it to be someone you know, and you don't want it to be someone better than you. Now, even though the latter is obviously impossible, (laughs) the former still applies. And then Jerry says, I just don't see you with mechanic. And Elaine is like, oh, yeah, right. Well, all those mechanics do is work all day with their hands and their big muscular arms on machines. And then they come home dripping with animal sexuality like Stanley Kowalski. What a huge turnoff that is. (laughs) Yeah, and it makes sense because Elaine is definitely attracted to those hunky types. And I think David Putty is honestly like Elaine's perfect package in a way because Mm – he really does have, you know, these striking good looks and Elaine <laughs> just can't resist it. And it's so funny because, you know, you just see them over, you know, especially over season nine, you just see them over and over, get back together, break up again, get back together. break up. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the scene when they're in bed and, you know, Putty's all out of breath and Elaine looks very disappointed. Cut to monks. I was with David Putty last night. <laughs> yeah, so he did the move. <laughs> what move? You know, the move. My move? David Putty used my move? <laughs> I can't believe it. He stole my move. <laughs> you can tell in Jerry's voice, too, that that, that honest betrayal of, like, wow, he stole my move. Like, there was seriously this code of honor in the garage. <laughs> that you know, he, he told David Putty this stuff in confidence. And, and he's like, he said, nothing but a hack. <laughs> like when Elaine hits him, like, what else did you tell him? I'm sure you had quite a little chat. <laughs> oh, it wasn't like that. I didn't even mention you. You know, we were in the garage. You know how garages are. They're very conducive to sex talk. It's a high testosterone area. What, because of all the pistons and the lube jobs? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite Elaine lines. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jerry goes to visit Putty down at the garage. Hey, what's the story? I hear you doing my move. What move? What move? My move. The one I told you about. You used it on Elaine. Your move? What are you kidding? I was doing that before I knew you. All you told me about was the ending. The ending's the whole thing. Without the ending, it's nothing. You had nothing. Oh, that ending was so obvious. I would have figured it out anyway. I didn't need you to tell me about that stupid twist. Swirl. Whatever, I don't even do it. Oh, yeah, I know, you do the pinch. Yeah, that's right. You can't come up with your own stuff until you steal other people's. You're nothing but a hack. Are you through? Because i got to get back to work. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. You know, if you want to do it out of town, okay, but not in the city. All right, how about the next time your car breaks down, you take that out of town? Fine. Good. And it's so great, too, because it's so true that this dialogue would not be the same without that great Patrick Warburton delivery. And without him, you know, you can just imagine him saying these things and it just makes it all the more fun here. 
Yeah, and it, and it really does make sense what Larry said, how they didn't really even write it for him to be a funny character. He was kind of just delivering regular dialogue, and it was supposed to be the other characters that were getting all the laughs. Right. But <laughs> the way Patrick delivers the lines is just so funny. Yeah, it's it, oh, it's just magical. It's just, again, you know, a happy accident or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. with, with Seinfeld and how they were just so lucky. Even in the next scene when they're in bed, you know, he's like, I can't do the move. She's like, what? He's like, you ruined it for me. Call me a hack. She's not going to do it anymore. Oh, so that's it? I'll come up with some new stuff. And then Elaine walks into Jerry's apartment the next day. Hey, Elaine. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Something I said? Yes. As a matter of fact. David Putty won't do the move anymore. Really? Oh, he's come up with some other move. You should see this thing. <laughs> what is it? Oh, it's just a lot of fancy schmancy stuff. You know what it's like? It's like a big budget movie with a story that goes nowhere. I mean, this move is no good, Jerry. It's just taking up a lot of my time. And I will not stand by and allow him to perform this move on me. What a perfectly good move is just sitting in the barn doing nothing. Let me ask you a question. This move, is there a knuckle involved in any way? Yes. As a matter of fact, there is. I think that's mine. Uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how they assign George the worst sexual move. like so, <laughs> Not pleasurable at all. <laughs> and, and he takes credit for it, too. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably taken his car to Putty, and he's talked to Putty about that, too. And I love the scene later on when she's in bed with Putty, and she's asking him questions about, like, what do you charge for blown shocks? <laughs> what do you charge for a bad gasket? Bad gasket? Yeah, a really bad, terrible gasket. <laughs> <laughs> and this tracks back to the pilot, because Jerry says that Elaine likes talking during sex. That's true, yeah. Uh, movies, sports, weather. <laughs> yeah, chit chat. <laughs> and then Elaine's like, "Is that with the parts and labor?" She's like, "Uh huh." She's like, "Oh." <laughs> oh no, David, not not the knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> I love too in those scenes when you listen to the commentary, and somebody asks Julia, like, "What were you wearing under under those covers?" She's like, "As much as possible." <laughs> So then the next episode he's in is two episodes later in The Face Painter. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. One of his most famous episodes. And Jerry, Elaine, and Kramer have tickets to the Rangers-Devils game. Putty's coming along with them, and he's getting ready at Elaine's apartment. They're getting ready to go to the game. And then he comes out into the living room. And let's take a listen. Hey, so how long have you been a Devils fan? Oh, since I was a kid. I'm from Jersey. Yeah. Well, we're going to kick your butts tonight. Ain't no way, man. Yes. We're primed. <laughs> All right, you almost ready? Because Jerry and Kramer are going to be here any second. <laughs> what the? So what do you think? What is that? I painted my face. You painted your face? Yeah. Why? Well, you know, support the team. Well, you can't walk around like that. Why not? Because it's insane. Oh, there you go. Let them know you're out there. This is the playoffs. 
Hey. Hi. Yeah. Dave's um painted his face. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Well, you got to support your team, huh? Okay. Ready to go? Yeah. Let's get it on. <laughs> Such a great scene. <laughs> There's one thing I wanted to bring up about that scene real quick is right before that, Putty says that he's from Jersey. And uh, two things. Well, we we know that Watley's from Jersey, so I wonder if uh, Putty and Watley ever met before. But uh, the other thing is the fact that he says he's been a Devils fan since he was a kid when the Devils actually started out in Colorado in the 70s and didn't move mm. to Jersey till Putty probably at the earliest would have been in a teenager, like 18, 19, closer to his 20s. So it's kind of funny that little bit of discontinuity. Usually Seinfeld didn't have any of those, those little open plot holes. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I just I always thought that was interesting. And I just love when he's at the game and he's like freaking out. <laughs> You're dead, Messier. We're going to get you, Messier. <laughs> David, will you sit down? You know, I'm just trying to support the team. David, please sit down. You're disturbing everyone. Oh, yeah, because you're a Rangers fan, you know, messing with their heads. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great, like, sports fan mentality, too. <laughs> yeah. And we also see Fred Yerkes behind him. That's right. And then they're leaving the game. You know, they're on the street. Putty is gloating about the win. And this is another classic scene. Let's take a listen to this one as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we took it to you. You couldn't get it out of your zone all night. We were aggressive. We didn't let you get it. Yeah, all right. That's enough out of you. There's still three more games left in this series, my friend. And it's far from being over. Very far from being over. What the? Hey, what are you doing? Watch where you're driving, man. Don't mess with the devil, buddy. We're number one. We beat anybody. We're the devil. That's so great. (laughs) Poor priest. He thinks he saw the devil. (laughs) He was just visiting from El Salvador. Now he's going completely (laughs) loco. (laughs) Um, One other thing I just wanted to bring up was the fact that, you know, how the night of the hockey game, George was supposed to go. And the fact that he didn't go because he was dating Sienna, the crayon. He, you know, Putty didn't really have any interactions with George. And I always thought that was interesting because he has a lot of good material with the other three, you know, with obviously with Julia and Jerry, as we mentioned, and he's going to have some great stuff with Kramer. But it's like, I just always thought it was interesting, like how he would react to George. And like, we never really saw anything on screen. Yeah, I feel like George and Putty are friendly only through Jerry. Yeah, like he only so, like, tolerates George because Jerry is his friend. And, and Elaine like, is friends with him, too. Yeah, in a way. And he's your friend? Yeah, we're good friends. <laughs> <laughs> friend. I met her on the bus. I couldn't get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that great scene when they're having dip. Hey, how come people don't have dip for dinner? Why is it only a snack? Why can't it be a meal, you know? I don't understand stuff like that. <laughs> Look on Elaine's face. <laughs> Just priceless. Even though he does bring up a good point. 
And then I love when Elaine is like, David, I don't think we should see each other anymore. And he's like, you got to be kidding. Now come. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's his coping mechanism for bad news. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, David, you're a face painter. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's just telling him how she's having trouble getting past the face painting. And he's like, oh, so you don't like the face painting. I just won't do it anymore. And Helene starts tearing up. She's like, you mean you'd stop it for me? Yeah, that's right. I know that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's that's so sweet. He's like, all right, I got to go and get changed before the game. I'll be back. We'll make out. <laughs> <laughs> I love the look of incredulity on her face after he <laughs> says that because it just it's sort of because it's sort of a semi emotional scene and it almost goes a little far for Seinfeld and then it just brings it right back. We back. We'll make out. (laughs) (laughs) She, but I also think it's Julia's way of trying not to laugh. Exactly. Yeah. I also think by this point, Aline isn't fully at the level she's at in season nine. She's a little bit more established and she seems to have a good head on her shoulder and seems a bit more sure of herself in season six, Mm -hmm. despite her flaws. But then by season nine, it's just sort of like you see the deterioration and she just says, you know, people should just give up. I have. Yeah. <laughs> Even by season eight, she's like, well, I'm running out of guys here in this city, Jer. <laughs> she tries to leave the group, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry. We've already got a George. <laughs> and then just going back to his last scene with Elaine and the face painter. I just love when she's like, uh, you know, he has the letter D painted on his chest. She's like, why is the letter D painted on your chest? Well, I'm going to the game tonight, and these five other guys are going to take our shirts off and spell out devils. <laughs> but you said no more painting. No, I said no more face painting. And as you can see, this is not my face. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to show the real life bleeding into art, because I'm sure that Julia said, yeah, I definitely want to say, yeah, that's right. I definitely want to imitate Patrick when I'm on screen. Like, put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me of when she starts talking like Jimmy. You know, Elaine got a new dress. <laughs> Jimmy likes it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get that great last scene where Putty's at the game and they're all spelling out devils and Jerry and Kramer are, <laughs> are there as well. <laughs> you can tell they're enjoying the game, but they just don't want to be there like yeah. with those letters painted on their chest. <laughs> Especially Jerry. <laughs> yeah. And Kramer, too, because earlier he was saying, all right, there's still three more games before, you know, mm-hmm. he seems to be pretty into it, too. And Kramer's also like the mayor. So you know, he, chances are he'd probably know somebody at that game. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the last time we see Putty until the start of season nine. Yeah, which is crazy to think about because he's such an institution and he was only in those two episodes in season six. And, yeah, you don't see him until season nine. and. It's really interesting because the show changes so much and the fact that they were able to bring him back Mm -hmm. and sort of have this fantastic character make this grand reappearance. And he even appears in the finale. Yeah, two arcs that I just love about season nine. One is George working for Mr. Kruger. (laughs) Yeah. And the other is Putty coming back to make a phenomenal run. I think he's in like a third of the episodes in season nine. Yeah, and he's in classic episodes he's in the dealership which is one of the best episodes of season nine mm-hmm. he's in the opener the butter shave and just has some fantastic material yeah and i did read once that they wanted him to come back i think in season seven 
but some kind of scheduling conflict happened where he was working on another project or TV mm. show or something. Yeah, I'm really curious what that would have been. I know. Yeah, what episode would he have been in or if there would have been a different episode that happened in season seven and eight that mm-hmm. would have included him, you know, that would have kicked out something else. It's kind of a fun thought experiment. But his first episode back in the season nine opener, the butter shave is just fantastic. I mean, oh. they set it they set it up so perfectly, you know. Jerry says, I guess she's battered around and she's back at the top of the order. <laughs> <laughs> and Kramer's like a month in Europe with Elaine. That guy's coming home in a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the care is placed on him and not on their supposed friend. <laughs> yeah. And then we cut to Norway. Cuddy's in the car with Lane. Well, let's see. I've got a 10 kroner, 5 kroner, a 20 kroner. No, wait. That's another 10 kroner. <laughs> Lane's like, we have to break up. I can't take this anymore. I don't want to hear how interesting the change with the hole in it is. <laughs> and if you tell me what time it is in New York one more time, you are going home in a body bag. What about you? What does the gap in Rome have that doesn't in the gap on Broadway? Okay, listen, forget about the gap because we are through. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay, Terminal 3, have a nice flight. <laughs> I love how he's just sobbing, too, <laughs> in the plane when they're making the announcement that the flight's going to be 22 hours. And he's just sitting there, like, bawling his eyes out. <laughs> and going back to that comment about the gap, that track's going all the way to the wizard when she's like, so we're just a couple of white people? <laughs> right. like, yeah, I guess so. So do you want to go to the gap? or? <laughs> and then we cut to Putty and Elaine on the plane. You know, I think ultimately I'm upset with myself. I knew what I was getting into. She's a bitter, unstable person. I mean, the sex was good. I'm sure, it was fine for her. But I need more. You believe this? Excuse me, I was sleeping. Well, you missed quite a performance. She drinks the apple juice. That's my apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> Poor vegetable lasagna. I know. <laughs> you know, my last boyfriend, he had a real kroner comprehension problem. <laughs> You know what I mean? A real cement head. <laughs> David, you're so funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what are you doing? It's a long flight, Elaine. I got to get on with my life. By making time with some floozy across the aisle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> What's going on over there with you and uh, vegetable lasagna? This guy? He's an idiot. He doesn't mean anything to me. I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she doesn't mean anything to me either. If we're up to me, we'd still be together. Well, maybe I feel the same way. Okay. Okay, so now what? Let's make out. <laughs> Always with the making out with David Putty. <laughs> yep. And so then they're back together now, and then Elaine starts talking to Putty. I can't believe we broke up like that. I know. It was stupid. Do you want something to read? No. Well, are you going to take a nap? or No. You're just going to sit there staring at the back of the seat? Yeah. That's it. I cannot take this. I mean, look at this. Nothing has changed. We're back together for two hours. We're having the same problems we had 12 hours ago. Tell me about it. I don't know why I ever took you back. Please. I took you back. You know it. I know it. Vegetable lasagna here knows it. Please. I I don't want to get involved. 
Like, I hope a giant mountain raises out of the ocean. We just bring it right into it. End this whole thing. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the late slams their seat back into the passenger. Ow! Ow! <laughs> <laughs> I said Elaine's come a long way from uh, the airport episode. Seems like she's learned a thing or two about exactly. coping with uncomfortable situations. There's also a great blooper in that scene where in, in that moment of silence before Elaine shuts the book and she's like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> in that moment, you can hear Jerry laughing in the back. <laughs> and then Elaine is just like, Jerry, Jerry, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It's Jerry's payback for the blooper in the punch drive. Julia, don't you have somewhere else to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Elaine calls Jerry from the plane. Hey, Laney, how's the trip going? Awful. This trip was a huge mistake. Huge. Please stop shouting. I cannot take it. Who's that? It's vegetable lasagna. Who? Vegetable lasagna. My name is Magnus. Shut up or I'll snap you in half and stuff you in the overhead. <laughs> Get me some uh, duty-free Kaloa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a foreshadowing, too, to, uh, oh, look what they had on the plane. Schnapps. <laughs> oh, yeah, good call. <laughs> and then there's the final scene. They've landed in New York, and Elaine is like, David, this has been the worst month of my life, and if I never see you again, it'll be too soon. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's original. Shut up. <laughs> And they all sit in the same cab on the way home. She's like, no. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is a great joke. <laughs> Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see Putty again in the next episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. In the voice. They're sitting in Monk's. Jerry's like, hey, look, who's here? It's David Putty. Elaine's <laughs> like, my Putty? But we broke up. And yet he continues to live. <laughs> I do love Jerry knocking her down a few pegs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just like, hey, Bennis, how are you? She's like, I'm doing great. Great. Well, I'll see you. Jerry's like, well, that's it. You two are back together. <laughs> the bump into the bump into always leads to the backslide. That was one of my prize trivia questions was what does the bump into lead to? Mm. The answer is the backslide. But yeah, I do love that scene. I just love <laughs> I love George's reaction to that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. When Jerry's like, uh, Elaine, breaking up is like knocking over a Coke machine. You can't do it in one push. You got to rock it back and forth a few times and then it goes over. That's beautiful. <laughs> what about you? You were engaged and you just cut it off like that. That's different. I didn't have any feelings for those people. <laughs> but you, you'll backslide. That is 100 percent pure Jerry. Just be like, I had no feelings for those people. <laughs> so casually. And I love when they start placing their bets and George is just like, percentage? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day, Elaine shows up at Jerry's apartment. Jerry's like, hey, I called you last night. Where were you? I went out with a, <clears throat> a friend. George? No. No, no. Well, I was here. That's everyone. <laughs> <laughs> are those the same shoes as yesterday oh you know i wear these shoes all the time your hair somewhat depoofed it's the new look you know heroin chic wait a second what's going on here ah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're wearing the same clothes as yesterday. You saw putty. Moochie moochie. Hand it over. Pay up. No. It's an isolated sexual incident. We are not back together. Uh, Then what do you call it? People don't bump into each other and have sex. This isn't Cinemax. It was no big deal, okay? I mean, we fooled around, and then we went out and grabbed a little dinner. Uh, dinner. That's it. You're all the way back. Ah. Sex, that's meaningless. I understand that. But dinner, that's heavy. That's like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Another amazing Jerry quote. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's that scene with Elaine's by herself on the couch in her apartment. She's like, I am not calling putty. What, What did I do with my gloves? Oh, I bet I left them over at Putty's. I should call him. I need those gloves. No, I better not. I'll call him. Oh, look at that. There are the gloves. I was just about to call. There they are. That's funny. That's really funny. That's really, really funny. (laughs) You know who loves funny stories? David Putty. (laughs) (laughs) That is kind of a sentimental scene, really, for Seinfeld. Like... It's interesting because Elaine is just sort of thinking about it. And, well, what is she thinking about just, you know, the quick roll in the hay? Or she's actually, like, thinking about David Putty. It's kind mm-hmm. of interesting, you know. She She's just there. She's like, you know, she's just thinking about something random. And gloves are another thing that kind of tracks through Seinfeld. Because uh, remember in the alternate side, <laughs> Kramer wants to get his gloves out of Jerry's car <laughs> from the car thief. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think that uh, the Seinfeld writers, like... Like the word gloves. Mm-hmm. Putty's like, oh, the gloves were right there by the phone. That is pretty funny. <laughs> and Elaine's just explaining to him that we they could see each other, but it doesn't mean they're back together. And he's like, no, I love just seeing you and having sex. <laughs> Not having to do all that, you know, work, all that calling you, buying you stuff. David, <laughs> caring about how everyone at work isn't as smart as you. It's brutal. <laughs> all right, that's it. We are back together. Only be reasonable. <laughs> she grabs him, gives him a kiss. You're spending the night working a cuddle. What? <laughs> you heard me strip. <laughs> oh, that reverse effect, you know, like the the reverse breakup, basically. <laughs> yeah. And like we had mentioned before, how different she was in season six. I can't see Elaine doing this in season six. This is. Oh, no. This is very much a season nine, Elaine. Yeah, it really is. Like, she's more concerned about. Getting revenge. And then, of course, we get that great montage with Putty and Elaine. (laughs) That was a doozy. (laughs) I wonder if he did the move. Oh, that's a great point. He probably did. Seems pretty satisfied. Yeah. But I love when when she's casually asking him for 50 bucks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He he probably lent it to her without question. Putty, I know this is hard, but it's the way it has to be. Cut to Jerry laughing, smoking the cigar. (laughs) How did it end? They got away. (laughs) The next episode he's in is the junk mail. He doesn't have a ton of material in this one, but the stuff that he is in is great. Oh, yeah. I do love how even off screen, Elaine just calls him and, you know, it's like, hey, putty, it's me. We're through. Yeah, that's right. Again. And you can definitely just hear him on the other line. <laughs> yeah. I like the scene that before that, too, where she's like, this is delish. He's like, delish? He's like, yeah, delish, you know, short for delicious. And he's like, oh, like scrump. <laughs> and then there's the scene at the end, too, when they're out to dinner. 
and she wants to get back with him. And Putty's like, you dumped me for some idiotic TV pitchman? Look, I'm sorry, Putty. It it was a mistake. So let's just put it behind us and we can continue like this never happened. Gee, I don't know. What if we're out somewhere and you see the Maytag repairman? You're not taking me back? Yeah, that's right. He's not idiotic. He's the whiz. And nobody beats him. Nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Another great delivery by Julia. Oh, it's amazing. So in the next episode of The Apology, it kicks off with Putty sitting on Elaine's couch and giving that classic stare before Kramer calls. (laughs) And then Putty picks up Putty. Is uh, David Putty there? This is Putty. Well, this is Kramer. I know. I love that back and forth. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and then Elaine walks in. Putty's like, hey, babe, your boss called. Yo, five bucks for a balloon bouquet. <laughs> balloon bouquet for who? Peggy took a turn for the worst. <laughs> I love when she's like, I don't believe this woman. He's like, talk to me, babe. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely got some of his best material in the apology with the germaphobe stuff. And I love when he pulls the the chain around his neck. What is that? It's germ. Yeah. Oh, germaphobe. I know what that's about. I'm a recovering germaphobe. <laughs> Ten years. But he seems pretty serious about it. You know, like, that's one thing is like David Putty is definitely a deeper character than you know, any of the main four want to admit. Yeah. And I always wonder that how that got started with his, him being a germaphobe. Like if he had some kind of experience, maybe in college or something that freaked him out. Yeah, that's true. And then I think eventually when he got over it, that's when he worked with like cars and, and he was a mechanic and he got kind of like dirty and, and all that stuff. It was, it's when he got over that. I was just going to say, yeah, because working on cars, that's a really dirty job and like getting your Mm -hmm. hands dirty Obviously, he would never want to eat at Poppy's restaurant. Right. <laughs> I love when he's like, 10 years ago, waking up in a bedroom next to the woman like this would have sent me running for the FISA hikes. <laughs> I still have trouble looking at those disgusting old bedroom slippers she slops around in. Hey, I've had those since college. They're bunnies. They're bacteria traps. <laughs> That's it. We are broken up for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I love to earlier that scene when peggy just casually says elaine i'm so flattered that you brought the man you're currently sleeping with to come see me (laughs) (laughs) just the look on buddy's face he's just unfazed (laughs) i happen to have a very steady boyfriend (laughs) i mean there has been an occasional guy here or there but what what is this your business And then, of course, there's that final scene when they're all eating in, in Elaine's living room. And Kramer says, I prepared it as I bathed. <laughs> oh, germs. <laughs> yeah. And I really think this is a turning point for Putty because in the next episode we see he's working at a dealership. And so maybe after he ate the food that Kramer prepared in the shower, he had a setback and he couldn't work in the garage anymore with all the germs. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, because the main four kind of see it as like this promotion, per se, where he's sort of moving up in the world. And it's like, yeah, maybe that's true. They don't even think of, yeah, maybe he did have a setback and he has to work in like a a more sterile environment. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure he's happy about his new job and the fact that Elaine's impressed by it, I'm sure makes him happy. But I always wondered if, uh, if that was the reason why he left the garage. That's an interesting point, yeah. 
Well, here's something else. So in between when we see Putty in season six and season nine, Jerry goes to Tony, the crazy mechanic, in the bottle deposit. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's something there where Jerry switching mechanics, we, we don't really know the reason why he switched from Putty to Tony. And maybe that kind of set Putty back. And that was another reason why he was sort of, you know, not doing so well and decided to become a car salesman. And Jerry also has the line about, uh, you know, oh, no more grease monkeys. I don't care for that term. Mm-hmm. And he seems like really upset by, the, you know, calling mechanic a grease monkey. He really appreciates his trade. But at the same time, he thinks that Jerry maybe thinks less of him as a mechanic at that point. Mm -hmm. But Elaine is very impressed by his new job. She says, my new salesman boyfriend took me out to celebrate his promotion. (laughs) Jerry's like, oh, where'd you go? She's like, "Uh, to a restaurant, Arby's. Arby's. (laughs) I had the roast beef. And we know that Putty loves Arby's. Absolutely. And Jerry tells Putty he decided to go with the 900 convertible. But he's like, all right, classic. High five. High five. <laughs> and then Elaine wants to know where the Xerox machine is. And Putty says, oh, sure, babe. Salesman only copy room right there. <laughs> he's so proud of it, too. It's so funny because he's just like, oh, salesman only copy room right back there. It's just so, you know, he's so excited to sort of move up in the world and have this, this special access he didn't have before. Yeah, and even Elaine is impressed, too. She's like, oh, wow. And going back to what you said before about George and Putty's relationship, you know, Putty says, I'm going to I'll show you the 900. And George is like, yeah, you show us the 900. (laughs) Maybe he doesn't trust him as a as a salesman. Well, I don't think George trusts any car salesman. But he did say that Putty was a good mechanic. You know, he said if Putty says that's what it is, it's what it is. That's true. Yeah. So Maybe somewhere along the line, he he didn't trust Putty. Maybe he thought he was screwing him some way if he brought his car in to be repaired or something. Yeah, that's true. Maybe there was something that he thought Putty was screwing him on, even if it wasn't necessarily true. Maybe if it was just George being paranoid. Exactly. And again, it, it it's the contrast between the season six characters, the season nine characters. Like season six, George is a little bit more like, oh, well, you know, accepting of Putty sort of as a mechanic and then when it gets to season nine he's just sort he's completely off the rails (laughs) especially this episode (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah i think that putty like really doesn't quite know what to make of him in this episode you can Mm -hmm. kind of see it there's so much confusion in the scenes when george is talking he's just kind of like oh all right (laughs) yeah and going back to when Jerry says, this is a pretty good move for you, huh? No more grease monkeys. Like, sorry, I don't care for that term. <laughs> and Putty's like, I don't know too many monkeys who can take apart a fuel injector. Yeah, and, he's, and Putty really seems to take offense at that term, grease monkey. Like, like almost, like he, he wants to be appreciated for what he's able to do as a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Jerry's like, I saw one once that could do sign language. He's like, yeah, Coco, that chimp's all right. High five. <laughs> <laughs> And then Jerry confronts Elaine about Putty. He's like, hey, Elaine, have you noticed your boyfriend has developed an annoying little habit? Squinting? No. Staring? No. Keeps asking me to give him a high five. I thought all guys do that. Slapping hands is the lowest form of male primate ritual. 
In fact, even some of them have moved on. They're using sign language now. Is that bad? What do you think the Nazis were doing? That was the Heil 5. Isn't that from your act like 10 years ago? A good bit in the 80s, and it's still relatable today. <laughs> and then Putty fixes the copy machine for Elaine, and he looks for that high five. High five. <laughs> On the flip side. David, um... I, Don't leave me hanging. You're a salesman now. The high five is... It's very grease monkey. What did I tell you about that? I, I'm sorry, but the high five is just so stupid. Oh, yeah? I'll tell you what's stupid. You, stupid. Oh, that is really mature. Yeah? So are you. You're the grease monkey. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. I am leaving. Yeah, if you leave, we're through. Fine, we're through. Oh, so you're leaving. That's right. High five. On the flip side. Taking me to Arby's. Hey, where were you? Let's finish this up. Did you two break up? That chick's whacked. Or history. Just left out a couple of things. Uh, rust proofing. Rust proofing? Transport charge. Storage surcharge. Additional overcharge. Finder's fee. Finder's fee was on the lot. Yeah, that's right. And uh, floor mats, keys. Keys? They're gonna start it. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. And then we get that scene when Jerry calls Elaine. And he's like, Elaine, you've got to get back down to the dealer. Putter, you screwing me on this car, which is yellow now. Who is this? <laughs> Elaine. <laughs> what? You got to get back together with Putty so I can make this deal. You know, just that you cared enough to call means so much, Jerry. You're going to get back together with him anyway. It's thousands of dollars. Oh, I don't know. Come on, then you don't have to see him again till my 15,000-mile check. Well, will you pay my cab fare out there? Fine. And I didn't like that roast beef, so how about some lunch? No, no lunch. I'll hang up this phone right now. All right, lunch. <laughs> Whipping me off. <laughs> and by the way, I love in that scene that Putty is just sitting in the background staring, staring at nothing. <laughs> She's just staring. <laughs> amazing <laughs> and then putty comes back she's like hey putty he's like i'm with a customer <laughs> <laughs> jerry's like no 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 elaine the car can wait what's important is you two getting back together and then we'll talk about the car <laughs> but he's like i don't want to get back with her she's too bossy elaine's like david <laughs> <laughs> and jerry's like come on come on now look you both find each other attractive right yeah. Clearly no one else could stand to be with either one of you. <laughs> but it's like, good point. Good point, yeah. <laughs> Jerry's like, all right. Now, what do I have to do to put you two in a relationship today? <laughs> <laughs> I believe we have a deal. Arby's no more than once a month. In exchange, Elaine comes to your softball game and doesn't read a book. Oh, that's good. I could live with that. <laughs> and then when they get back together i love when jerry's like all right that's enough let's get back to my deal that undercoating it's a ripoff isn't it david oh we don't even know what it is <laughs> <laughs> so i'm getting the insider's deal insider's deal high five 
<laughs> I love the look on Jerry's face. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Jerry doesn't give him the high five, so no deal. Not hot. <laughs> this is nice. What kind of car is this? Caprice Classic. <laughs> the next episode is the reverse peephole. Oh, of course. And it starts off with Elaine and Putty at Monk's. First, Elaine just gets a hot plate from the waitress, and she's like, be careful, it's hot. And then she she wants to know what her definition of hot is. <laughs> she tests it out. And then Putty shows up with his fur coat. It's <laughs> <laughs> my winter coat. Elaine starts cracking up. And by the way, how different is Elaine in season nine compared to season two, where she's like, is that real fur? Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, anti-fur. Who has the energy anymore? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And then Elaine tells Putty, you know, be careful. The plate is hot. And he reaches for the plate. Ah! <laughs> that just goes to show they really are made for each other. They're, they're, they really are on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. And then when they show up to Joe Mayo's party, I think you know Dr. Isaias. <laughs> hey! Cocktail off the speaker. <laughs> Buddy, can you make sure no one puts a drink on my sound system? Sure thing, Joe Mayo. (laughs) (laughs) So great. I love at the end, too, when Buddy comes out with the fur coat and Joe Mayo's just like, hey, I got a coat just like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then the famous scene in this one is at the end when Putty shows up in his eight ball jacket. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. You ditched the fur? Yeah, I saw Jerry wearing his. He looked like a bit of a dandy. So you're going to wear this everywhere? All signs point to yes. <laughs> and Eric, you have the uh, eight ball hat, right? I do. I have the eight ball hat. I don't have the jacket. But um, I've worn that eight ball hat to a lot of the trivias we've done, and people love it. Exactly. Still works. <laughs> <laughs> So the next episode is The Burning. This is personally one of my favorite Putty episodes. I think it's very underrated. (laughs) And I also have another theory about this episode. Like I mentioned with the dealership, how Putty kind of had a setback and went away from the garage and kind of focused more on like office type jobs. I also thought maybe after Putty had that traumatic experience with germs eating Kramer's food, that maybe he turned to religion to get him through it. Yeah. And it also would explain why, like, yeah, he does turn to religion, but he does seem to go a little overboard with certain things you know, when he's saying to Elaine, like, uh, I'm not the one who's going to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this only seems like a recent thing, you know, something that just recently happened to him that he's really sort of changed and he's. And the other thing, too, is that um, they have the scene where, you know, Elaine is saying, you know, yes, he's lazy. Yes, he's dumb. And. You prefer lazy and dumb to religious? It's like, well, lazy and dumb, I understand. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that Putty really is lazy or dumb because if you were a mechanic, you definitely have to have some sort of intelligence and some sort of gumption. So it's almost like Elaine is projecting these qualities that she would prefer over religion onto Putty just Mm -hmm. to sort of, you know, (laughs) stay with him and like make him the right person. That's true. Well, Putty could also be one of those guys who's book smart, but maybe not street smart. Oh, for sure. But I just love the opening scene when she's in Putty's car. He's like, all right, be careful with the car, babe. (laughs) 
Two and ten, babe. Don't peel out. And then she proceeds to peel out. Yeah. <laughs> and then Elaine turns on the radio, and it's just nothing but Christian rock stations. <laughs> and the song Jesus is One, you can actually listen to that full version on the Seinfeld soundtrack that just came out, which is amazing. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. And then we already mentioned the dumb and lazy conversation that Jerry, Elaine, and George had at Monk's. And then Elaine shows up at Jerry's apartment a few scenes later, and she's like, hello, boys. George is like, so did you give that radio the old switcheroo? She's like, I did. And the Christian rock resurrected. (laughs) And look what I pried off his bumper, a Jesus fish. (laughs) Jerry, do you have any fish sticks? (laughs) No. But I love how to prove it, Elaine felt she had to pry Jesus fish off of Putty's car and bring it up there to show them <laughs> just to prove her point. <laughs> and then the next scene is one of the classics. So where do you want to eat? Feels like an Arby's night. Arby's beef and cheese and do you believe in God? Yes. Oh, so you're pretty religious. I try. <laughs> So is it a problem that I'm not really religious? Not for me. Why not? I'm not the one going to hell. (laughs) Amazing. By the way, how is Patrick Warburton not the spokesperson for Arby's? I feel like that's such a missed opportunity. Maybe they offered it to him and he rejected (laughs) it. Yeah, I mean, him in character as Putty, just like, feels like an Arby's night. That could be the slogan. Totally. But then a few scenes later, we get another amazing scene between Putty and Elaine, and we're going to listen to this one as well. Elaine, they forgot to deliver your paper today. Why don't you uh, just grab that one? That belongs to Mr. Potato Guy. That's his. Come on, I get it. (laughs) Well, if you want it, you get it. Sorry, thou shalt not steal. But it's okay for me. Oh, what do you care? You know where you're going. All right, that is it. I can't live like this. Oh, no. Come on. All right, what did I do? David, I'm going to hell. The worst place in the world. The devils and those those caves and, and the ragged clothing. And the heat. My God, the heat. And what do you think about all that? It's going to be rough. You should be trying to save me Don't boss me This is why you're going to hell I am not going to hell And if you think I'm going to hell You should care that I'm going to hell Even though I am not You stole my Jesus fish, didn't you? Yeah, that's right (laughs) (laughs) So great I love when Putty says All right, what did I do? (laughs) <laughs> I feel like every husband can relate to that. That reminds me of Jerry's bit when he says, man wants to make his woman happy, wants to do it, doesn't know how to do it. Sometimes we do it, don't know how we did it. Can't ask, what did I do? Looks like you don't know what you're doing. Can't do nothing. Woman says, I can't believe you're doing this. Man says, what? Woman starts crying. Man <laughs> says, I didn't do anything. Woman says, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like that's Putty and Elaine in a nutshell. Yeah, it really is. And then, of course, there's that great scene with the priest, Father Curtis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me see if I understand this. You're concerned that he isn't concerned that you're going to hell, and you feel that she's too bossy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> At the same time. And Elaine's like, whoa, 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 no one's getting married here. We're just, you know, having a good time. Oh, then it's simple. You're both going to hell. No way, this is bogus, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, Relax. It only feel like an eternity. <laughs> or when Father Curtis is like, oh, did you hear about the new guy in hell who's talking to the devil by the coffee machine? And Putty's like, I'm really not in the mood. I'm going to hell. <laughs> and then the next and final time that we see Putty is in the finale. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and Patrick Warburton said he remembered looking at the script because everybody only got the scripts that they were in. You didn't see the rest of the script. So he looked at his script and he's like, I remember looking at the script and I was like, I've got one word. (laughs) And he's like, well, it's a good word. Yeah, it's a great putty word. (laughs) Yeah. And he did have a deleted scene with Peterman. They they finally meet each other and Peterman's like, you must be the boyfriend, the man behind the Emerald Curtain. He's just like, yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been great. And I'm sure he had so many great behind the scenes experiences. Mm-hmm. filming some of those scenes in the finale but yeah that's just that is really a perfect way to sum up putty and elaine's relationship it's her saying putty don't wait for me all right <laughs> now what do you think putty is up to now do you think he's still on again off again with elaine when she got out of prison like do you think <laughs> it was just the same thing i don't know honestly i think that he probably did move on Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe ended up with somebody that's similar to Elaine, that's kind of bossy and kind of, you know, really does fit with him. But maybe somebody that he found through, if if he stayed with his religion, maybe somebody that he found that's in his religion. I don't think that he would still be into Elaine at this point. But then again, I do think they really do fit well together as a couple. Do you think Elaine was meant to be with Jerry or Putty? Oh. She was meant to be with the Wiz. (laughs) 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 No, I I think that if I had to choose between Jerry or Putty, I would choose Putty for sure. Well, it's interesting. I think like the early seasons, Elaine was meant to be with Jerry, even though she probably would never realize it and he wouldn't realize it either. But as Elaine evolved and and went on over the years, she gravitated to guys like Putty. I think Jerry is just meant to break up with a girl every week. Oh, yeah. And Elaine is meant to, you know, be with an occasional guy here or there. And then and maybe Putty comes in sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. But Jerry and Elaine were never meant to be together. That's why they never ended up together in the end. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry likes looking, you know. He's going for the record. And <laughs> I think that Elaine and Putty, like he was definitely her, her most serious boyfriend of the series. But at the same time, she didn't really take the relationship that seriously. Mm-hmm. And neither did he. He sort of, you know, went with the flow and sort of saw things for what they were. And Yeah, I mean, she would call guys while she was dating Putty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
I haven't heard from him in a few weeks. I think it's over. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a really unique relationship for Elaine, too, because a lot of times she would be with guys and then, you know, when something went wrong, she just ended the relationship. But with Putty, it was like something would go wrong. They'd break up for a little bit and then wait a little bit. And then, you know, she needed a bureau moved and she'd call David Putty again. <laughs> oh, that's a great line. I, I had to move a bureau. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a hidden gem. So I think that that, that really makes the David Putty relationship unique for Elaine among all of her boyfriends. Or what about uh, his apartment was being fumigated, so we thought we'd give it another shot. (laughs) (laughs) But such a classic character and so much fun to talk about. Patrick Warburton was just amazing in that role. Can't picture anyone else playing that role. Yeah, absolutely. Just perfect casting and just such an amazing classic Seinfeld character that we will always appreciate. Yeah, and we hope to have Patrick Warburton on the show someday and interview him. That would be a dream come true. In the meantime, we hope you enjoyed our episode about David Putty, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, that's right. Thank you for listening to our discussion all about the amazing David Putty. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at theplacetobeseinfeld at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast, Twitter at TPTB Seinfeld, and Instagram at theplacetobe.podcast. You can find our show on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like, please rate and review. It really helps us out. Until next time, make sure to hang up your pants for the perfect crease. Amen. What is that? It's my new coat. You ditched the fur? Yeah, I saw Jerry wearing his. He looked like a bit of a dandy. Check it out. Hey, Paul. You got a question. You asked the eight ball. You're going to wear this all the time? All sides point to yes.